right. Well, ooh, we got a little horn. He must be getting text messages. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's my wife saying, where are you? <laughs> well, Jeff, thank I'm you out, again. I'm out in the van. Oh. Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the, this whole time you've been out in the van? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the only place you can go where there's like no kids in the background. I got four kids and they're all homeschooled, so... Welcome to Backstage with John Wilson, a podcast where we go behind the scenes to look at the Christian contemporary music industry, music festivals, and real-life encouraging stories from our experience. Our goal is to display how God is using Christian music to transform lives and to take church outside the walls. For more info about Light the Way Ministry, go to lightthewayministry.com. And with that, here's this week's episode. Well, welcome again to this week's episode of Backstage with John Wilson. I'm your host. This is episode... Is it 27, 28? I think it's 27 or 28, one of those two. We got a 50-50 shot at this one. We're losing. okay, let's go back. Jason Crabb was which number? 23. And we did how many since then? Three. I think it's 27. 27. We'll go 27. I was never good at tests, so (laughs) I failed. (laughs) Well, either or, we're so excited you're joining us. Again, I'm here with my colleagues. Nate May. And Rachel Wolford. And we're excited. We got an awesome guest on today's show. Um, But we always like to remind everyone about what all exciting things are happening here at Light the Way. And most of all is the gazillion festivals we're doing. (laughs) I think the word you were looking for is five. Uh, Close. Gazillion. They're five. Around the same number. (laughs) It's around the same number. So, yeah, starting off, kicking things off in uh, Olive Branch, uh, Mississippi, which is just right outside of Memphis. On June fifteenth uh, and sixteenth, where we got the Newsboys, sixteenth and seventeenth. What? Sixteenth and seventeenth. Oh, fifteenth and sixteenth. Oh no, yeah, I did There's, say it wrong. There is no fifteenth and sixteenth dates. It's yeah, sixteenth, seventeenth. The fifteenth is our volunteer night. Yes. And I was having that conversation this morning with some fellows at Bible study, and I'm like, <laughs> "You're coming to Olive Branch and serving. Don't forget." 15th, volunteer night, so that's where I got that confused. <laughs> but yes, correct. I stand corrected. 16th and 17th with Newsboys, Toby Mack, Kane, Jason Crabb, uh, Riley Clemens, Aaron Cole, Stephen Stanley, Billy Ballinger, and Dan Bremis, and uh, Visible Worship Collective. The whole nine yards. Many, many things going to happen there. And then we drive on down the little happy little road to... The OG, we got Ozark. <laughs> the OG. The OG. Yeah. I call the OG. First <laughs> festival. We got Ozark. That is uh, yeah. July 7th and 8th. We got New- Newsboys, the sequel. Ooh, the sequel. <laughs> Newsboys again. We got, uh, and also foreshadowing, um, Matthew West, <laughs> Ann Wilson, KB, uh, Colton Dixon, Katie Nicole, Kate Thompson, Manic Drive, and we also have Billy Ballinger and uh, Visible Worship Music Collective uh, returning for that one as well. Oh, yeah. And then from there... We drive down the Yellow Brick Road all the way to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. <laughs> That's right. I just did a little foot patter up to the mic. <laughs> she, um, was, she was like nine feet away from the <laughs> mic. That was her just saying, don't don't test me. <laughs> um, and that is August 1819. Yes. And what is the most important thing about that weekend outside of the festival? <sighs> it's your birthday. Yay. Happy birthday, early. And what day? 18th. In, that's right. Remember that. So I expect many, many things from you both. <laughs> I'll give you a high five. Oh, okay. Well, I'll give you the same thing I got you last year. 
Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> oh, if we're, if we're doing that, if we're doing that, I'll get you socks. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I got you socks. No. So, uh, and we're working on the lineup on that one. So that one's going to be announcing very, very soon. And then we take a little jet plane all the way to Washington D.C. on December second at the National Mall, where uh, we'll be hopefully announcing that lineup very, very soon as well. And then after that, we drive all the way down to uh, Dallas, Texas, or actually Ennis. Ennis, Texas, which is just right outside of Dallas for a three-day festival there. So super excited. Got a lot of things happening. And uh, What were the dates of the three-day festival oh, in yeah. Ennis? Yeah, November 10, 11, and 12 as of now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're very, very excited. So, hey, you know, I'm super pumped. We've got a, a, a guest on that, uh, well... Many of you are going to know. Many of you are going to love. And if you don't, well, then we'll just be praying for your salvation. (laughs) 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 But we're excited to welcome to the show one of the bandmates from the Newsboys. Will you all give it up for our friend, Jeff Frankenstein? How are you, my sir? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Oh my gosh, we're so excited for you joining. I know you guys are so, so busy, and I'm like, we're very thankful that you were able to jump on the podcast and uh, just be a part of the show. And, you know, you guys are going to be like, we're going on tour. Like, it feels like a tour with the Newsboys right? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. So for those who are listening, so Jeff, you are currently, you're the keyboardist for, for the Newsboys. And what if yeah. you joined back in 1994? Is that right? Yeah, 1994. It's kind of hard to believe it's been almost three decades. <laughs> yeah, my my parents my parents have been asking me what I'm gonna do when I grow up for a real job for almost three decades now. It's crazy. <laughs> wow, wow, it's crazy. Well, again, I mean, I know you guys are so busy and. You know, I was telling the team, I don't know, what was it, about a month ago or so, I've, uh, you know, obviously I've been in the music industry for over 17 years as a secular promoter, did a concert, Christian concert as a joke, got saved at it seven years ago. This will be seven years, just a lot. Yeah, funny story, bro. I'll have to share it with you sometime. And, um, And so seven years now. And it only took me seven years to book the Truth Boys. <laughs> so I, you've played all around us and, and even in our own home city. But uh, yeah, we're super, super excited. Uh, you know, I want to jump in. So big question, right? So Newsboys United, uh, me just trying to understand. So what's the difference between Newsboys and use, Newsboys United? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great question. Well, you know, um, so... Tate joined the band back in 2010, right? And right. so we toured with him for about 10 years. Obviously had, you know, uh, some good success with God's Not Dead and Born Again and those those records. But at the same time, you know, we're still in touch with Peter, who had been lead singer for the 20 years previous, you know, and is still our friend and Phil as well. So yeah, both those guys kind of jumped off the road around the same time and decided that you know, 10 years ago that they were kind of just didn't want to be on the road anymore full time. And so, you know, a decade passes and, you know, uh, ideas get thrown around and, you know, you still have those friendships there. So, right. Uh, we asked those guys to come out with us and do a tour 
And uh, we thought we were going to do it for about three months or so. And then it kind of was so much fun and we enjoyed it so much. We just kept extending it, which extended out to almost two years. We did a record together and, you know, did tours like Winter Jam together and made sure that we crisscrossed the whole country so that everybody who wanted to, to see it could see it. And, uh, you know, it just kind of ran its course after that. And then COVID hit mm. and, uh, during that time, it kind of gave us uh, uh, extra, well, a lot of extra time, honestly, to, yeah. uh, to to make a new record and kind of relaunch the next kind of phase of what we wanted to do. So not to say that we won't ever do it again. I'm sure we will. But those guys are back doing their thing. You know, Peter, Phil are back doing their own thing again. And we're out doing our own thing again. So, but, well, I, you know, I yeah. see Phil all the time and, uh, you know, we cross paths. We're always texting and calling each other. So we're we're all buddies and I'm sure we'll do it somewhere down the road. Yeah, I was actually going to say, I think it was 2019 because Phil has another band that he started. I think Zealand Worship or is that is that right? Yeah, or? yes, that's correct. And yeah, and Phil, Phil is quite busy on his own doing shows and, and all kinds of things and speaking. And I think he's actually opened a retail store with his wife here in oh, Nashville. Wow. So they're, oh, wow. they're, they're busy, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I remember we had him and his band at our festival 2019 uh, guy's amazing. His hair's amazing. His accent is amazing. <laughs> yeah. The guy just, he's, he never changes. He's looked the same. I've known him for like over 25 years. And I'm like, yep, there's Phil. Just, he's like, I don't know. He just defies time or something. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's good clarification. Cause I always thought news boys, you know, it was just an airline. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I tell you, I mean, I was we were doing some little bit of digging in history, and there is so much out there about the Newsboys. I mean, obviously, beginning in Australia, you guys propelled to countless hits up the charts with single songs, including like We Believe, Born Again, and Platinum Certified Mega Hit, obviously, God's Not Dead. That's, everyone knows that song, which actually birthed a film franchise of the same name. So... Talk to me a little bit, like, how did that come about? Like, I think I read, like, the film was already kind of maybe even in the making or the idea and in, in the concept was God's not oh, dead. And, you know, so tell that story. I think that's amazing. It's a, it's actually a pretty crazy story. So, you know, the song came about first and the record came about first. And I, I want to say that was somewhere around 2011. And... Yeah. You know, the song came out and it did really well and had, you know, good success with it and, you know, whatever charts, blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, we were touring like we do. I mean, we're probably one of the, you know, busier bands out there per year, you know, always on the road, always doing shows, whatever. So, honestly, you know, a lot of things get, you know, you get a lot of phone calls, a lot of stuff gets put on your plate, you know, your schedule. A lot of times you're busy on the road and you don't really pay attention to what's coming right so right. i remember we're in, you know on, on the calendar and emails and whatever oh yeah there's uh there's this company that wants to you know they really want to do a god's not dead film you know so you know looking back over my life you hear you know christian films from like the <laughs> 80s and 90s and you're like all of a sudden you kind of have that feeling of like uh oh what, yeah. is, what is this you know yeah. so they kept sending us like scripts and ideas and i'm thinking there is no way we're all kind of thinking there's no way this is going to see the light of day. I mean, because, right. you know, over maybe we're just jaded after like 25 years of, 
of failed projects or whatever, right? So we kind of just ignored it. And they were like, you know, they kept saying, well, we're bringing out the production crew to, you know, Texas. They're going to film a bunch of scenes. This was actually at a real show that we were, it was like one of our last shows, like a 60 city tour. So everyone was like, oh boy, you know? So (laughs) I think in our minds, we thought that we were going to jump out of the tour bus that morning early. And it was going to be like two guys with like a iPhone that were going to film us saying some lines and then we would never hear about it again. Wow. And uh, we were playing an arena down in Dallas. Um, and, you know, so we get off the bus and it is like a massive movie set. And like, wow. and, you know, producers, directors running everywhere, actors. I mean, it was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. And so we freaked out and we were like, oh my gosh. I, we all ran to the dressing room and we were like trying to learn our lines at like the last second. And I think that's why a lot of the lines seem so like, sincere because like a lot of them tate i think was just making up off the cuff (laughs) (laughs) so anyway so we shoot all day and uh and then we get back on the you know do the show that night get back on the bus and literally like six months passed maybe more and uh i didn't really even think about it again or like well you know if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't and the movie came out and we got a call. Uh, we were in the bus again. They're like, yeah, this is like the number two movie in the entire country. And people are lining up all over America to see it. And it's, and from there, I mean, it was shocking for us. Because, you know, Christian music industry is not the biggest music industry in the world. It's pretty small, you know. And right. It's great, but it's 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 smaller. And so, you can, you know, you can still tour all year and, and, and play to maybe like you know a half a million people over 120 shows or something like that and that's probably about as best you can do right and you know there was like two million people saw the movie in the first week or something like that it was like some incredible number and so from there we went to playing you know 1200 seat places to like 5,000 seat places in literally like two or three weeks. And it was just shocking. I got phone calls from family members that I didn't even know I had. (laughs) Funny how that happens, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, so it was a blessing and it was, it really was, it was a really fun ride. And, you know, on a more personal level, I think that the song and the movie really spoke to a lot of people where they were at that time in America or whatever. And, uh, it was, it was very impactful, you know, even today, you know, you go to a show, even these last few weeks, you've been on the road and you, you ask a kid who's like, you know, seven or eight years old, what's your favorite song? And they say, God's not dead. I'm like, that's so cool. Like that a kid that just resonates with people, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's actually quite humbling. It's, we had no idea any of it would, would do what it did. Wow. So Jeff, um, I have a big question for you. I was a young child, (laughs) um, probably 12, 13 years old, whenever the movie came out. And, um, how how old are you now? I'm 23. (laughs) So, um, I was in love with the movie. I loved the song. It was my jam. We listened to it in children's church every Sunday. And, um, my question (laughs) to you is, um, have you seen all of the God's Not Dead movies, and which one is your favorite? Ooh. Well, so I haven't. I know that's going to sound crazy. <laughs> um, I think, I think after the second one, uh, 
you know, things kind of left our control. <laughs> um, so like we were kind of involved in the first one and then we were really excited about the second one because, yeah. you know, after, after the first one, you, you see the potential and, and that there was the demand for it. Uh, but I think we're kind of realistic, like everything runs its course. Right. And like historically, uh, sequels don't <laughs> end yeah. up being right. what, what you always wish they could be. Right. So yeah. I'm just you know, like, processing so left that, it, yeah. yeah, you, so you kind of leave it to the film company who has all kinds of mm -hmm. ideas and they want to do 12 of them. Yeah. And then <laughs> they get bought out by another company and they get bought out by another company. So all that to say, I've seen the first two but after that that's that's about as far as i've gone i know that sounds crazy yeah no i can think of like a lot of movies like that that first one was fantastic and then the second one uh-huh uh, kind of good then the like the first one what is it um um will smith and um uh, oh yes, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Uh, what is I'm I'm a losing secular it. movie? Yeah, yes, secular <laughs> movie. Men in Black. Maybe? Yes, Men, Men in Black. Black. There's like right. so many of them. <laughs> 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 exactly. Or or Fast and Furious. Oh I mean, yeah, what is there's it, like, like eight or ten of them now. <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, and, and by the end, there's like a backlash where people just hate you because you did so many. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. And then it's so disappointing yeah. too when it's not the original actors too. Like some of them are, some of them is they're not. I'm like, oh, you know. So, anyways. Uh, so yeah, moving on. I mean, Newsboys. I mean, you guys have got so much going on. Has had such success. I mean, I was doing a little bit of research. I I couldn't believe it. It's like you guys have sold more than ten million albums, spanning over twenty three recordings. I'm like, with 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 that, and not only that. In addition, you guys have hold platinum, eight gold certificates, thirty three number one hits. I mean, my mind is blown. Like, what is that? feel like as from the artist standpoint to know that i mean obviously that's a lot of hard work i'm sure uh yeah, i mean you guys got yeah. four grammy nominations two american award nods uh, multiple dove awards i mean with all that stuff i mean what is that like i mean because you guys you're not afraid of work you i mean i know uh, i've heard no, toby mack even no, say it's... like you guys are like <laughs> you're the work dogs i mean you're like we're going you know <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah yeah it's it's kind of always been that way you know i joined the band when i was 19 years old and the guys had only been living in the states for maybe a year and so if you want to go back to kind of the root of all that stuff you know they they all left home basically sold up everything they had and moved to america and like they were determined to be successful like no matter no matter what, there was no going back. You know, they weren't going to go back to where they lived before. They all wanted to be musicians. And, but it, you know, those first couple of years were extremely challenging. And so that's kind of was my entry into the band because some of the guys who originally came over just couldn't handle it. It was just too hard. And, and so they went back and just thought, well, this is never going to be anything. But like, you know, the core guys like Peter and some of the management people that came over were extremely hard workers. And yeah. so I, I jumped on the bus and saw that, what was going on. And I mean, it was insane. Like those first few years in 94, 95, we had this little piece of junk Red Eagle tour bus <laughs> that we bought from like a rap band in the 80s. And it was a... I wouldn't even say the name because it's so gross, but, um, <laughs> and, 
you uh, you can say uh, we uh, we we you you can say well, we we we, by, we have a center button. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, the bus was actually owned by the rap group Two Live Crew, and uh, so yeah, whatever that's worth. But, um, <laughs> so so we just played everywhere we could, and yeah. I joined the band as a 19 year old who just dropped out of college to join, and I'd never really been anywhere outside of Detroit, and I did about 280 cities in 12 months. Wow. And uh, so we would get up at eight in the morning, set up all the gear. We had no crew guys because we couldn't afford it. We couldn't afford a driver. Um, and we would set everything up, play our show. And then like we would play Rockstar and sign autographs for 30 minutes, go back in and then then load out to like two in the morning and drive ourselves all wow. night to the next place. And wow. just, uh. you know, made no money, I think the first two years uh, we averaged maybe like 200 we gave each other like 200 dollars a week just so that we could eat we all lived in apartments together wow did all that stuff which wow. you know you so you had to be pretty committed to it and then it was in uh late 94 when we got a call from uh steven curtis chapman and we had had a song called shine that had come out and it was mm. getting a lot of play on radio and stuff and he asked us to come out and open on his Heaven in the Real World tour. Wow. And it was like a it was like a real arena tour, like a, a proper one where we had been playing in high school gyms for a year, you know, years and years. And so it was like that was a big break. And we were like, we are not gonna squander this opportunity. Mm. And we just put on the best possible show we could. And from there, uh things just things just grew from there. But it's still a lot of hard work. You know, there is, it's, it's the kind of industry where you have to reapply for your job, you know, with every record, with everything you do. Right. Um, people are, wa are watching. So, um, you know, and there's, there's a lot of pressure that goes along with that too, but it's a lot of fun. Like we, I, we love a good challenge and, and, yeah. and trying to pull off the impossible. That's crazy. You mentioned, uh, you did like 200, plus shows in, in a year. And I, and I read somewhere that that seems to be like the average you do roughly around like 200 shows a year. And that's insane to me. And I, I just wanted to know, how do you find time to like creatively spend time with your family? <laughs> like, do you see them? <laughs> right. Well, so in the early years, that's a great question. In the early years, we were all single. None of us were married. And I think the most we ever did in the year was like 260 or 280. Like I remember Duncan getting his car towed from his apartment because they thought he had either left the country or died <laughs> or something like that. And we'd come home oh, off wow. the road to wow. our apartments and our car would car would be towed away because we were gone so much. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now um, we probably, like this year we'll probably do maybe 80 or 90 and throughout the like the two or three years of covid we did like zero so wow um but like you can get in a you know obviously now things are different we all have families like i'm married i have four kids and so you try to get into a rhythm of touring where you're like you might leave on wednesday or thursday night do the weekend warrior thing and you're back on monday morning and mm. Um, you, you're seeing everybody and you're not going on long trips mm -hmm. where you're gone for weeks at a time. Cause that's not good for anybody. <laughs> not good for, you know, yeah. the, the health of a, of a, of a functioning family. So, um, so yeah, we definitely learned some hard lessons just like anybody else. Um, but on the other hand, you know, you have a lot of stretches of the year where like you get to be home with your family every day where there's, you know, you get to just see them every day and you're not doing the nine to five thing and get to, to experience, 
you know, stuff that the average parent or, you know, office worker dude doesn't get to do. So there are times it's tough. There's times where it's, it's really nice. Wow. So um, upon the thousands and thousands of shows that you've probably done at this point, because like 280 in one year. Um, so I need to ask, we serve an incredible God. What is one of the most mm. wow experiences, God experiences that you have had at one of your shows? Yeah. Oof. I mean, there's so many. I, like, It could be different things. Sometimes it's something really small. Sometimes it's something big and crazy. I mean, I remember, I mean, just two nights ago, we were, it was the last show of the tour. We just wrapped up and we were at an outdoor amphitheater in Texas. And it, the, the place we played, we had, it was like the only, it, we had returned to the theater where we had played our only show during 2020. And, uh, like it was the only place that opened up in Austin, Texas. And I remember during all the lockdowns and stuff, we were like, you know, we were like, man, are we ever going to do a show again ever? Like what's going to happen? <laughs> Is this the end of touring as we know it? Mm-hmm. You know, all those things and our, our, you know, our business about to just go bankrupt. Like what in the world? Everyone's trying to figure out how to survive. You know, we don't, we don't do shows. We don't make money. So, you know, we've got crews and family and all that stuff. Anyway. Long story short, um, so we went down to Austin in 2020 and played this amphitheater. Well, here we are three years later, and we just played it two nights ago. It was our final show of the tour, and it was sold out. It was packed with people. Mm. And it was just like, I got, I was very emotional on stage. I was like, man, here we are, you know, three years later. And there was a, like a mom with her, like two kids in the front row. You know, it was cool. Like nobody was wearing masks. Everyone, it just felt like a, like the good old days and we were singing we believe and she had her arms around our kids and, mm. and she had tears just like running down her face and i was like you know the emotions there for her for that person I, don't, I didn't even meet her or know what her story was but obviously there was you know there was a reason she was emotional and uh i was like man that's that's amazing because like that's something you you know in the mainstream world of pop music you wouldn't really experience that deep of a connection to god or you know maybe sometimes you would but like uh to our faith and to to the things that that really matter and then you know yesterday (laughs) driving home and you know from from that show in texas and like watching the school shootings Mm. on television which were happening literally like three miles from my house oh wow and um which was insane. And, you know, being a dad with four kids, you know, who I just dropped them off to school this morning, you know, you, Mm. it was, it was just crazy, you know? And so you, you think about the state of, you know, our world and just how, how messed up and broken it is. And uh, if there ever was a time people needed to hear the gospel, it's now, you know, so it it, it all, it, it brings it, uh, full circle, you know, yeah. and even on the tough days of being on the road, like, you know, that you're out there for a reason, you know, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's always a good reminder, um, of why we do what we do, why, why we're the promoters and why we bring these shows to communities and why the artists like yourselves, um, bring the music out. I mean, I always say music has a way of entering your heart without your permission and what yeah. better way to do yeah. it through, the waves of the gospel, you know, um, it's, it's incredible. You know, Newsboys has been around for many, many years. <clears throat> and I think 
I've seen this uh, being a promoter myself. I see different artists, different bands. They they have this thing that they do. I don't know what you want to call it. I don't want to say ritual because I hate that word. But uh, they do this. They do this thing right before they get on the stage, or right before they, you know, right before they get on the road, or you know, just something that kind of prepares them. I I, I know. Uh, uh, ben Fuller and his band. I watch it. It's so funny what they do. They just kind of like a huh, 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 kind of like prep. <laughs> so, does right. the does do you guys as the newsboys? What do you do to prepare right before you go out on a stage each night? Uh, hmm. Actually, it's interesting. We do kind of like get together for a quick fist bump, you know, outside of stage or whatever. But yeah, um, man, everyone kind of we're we might be a little different in that regard. Like most of the hooting and hollering happens after the show. I think everyone's pretty okay. serious before. Like, yeah. You're so focused. Duncan, like he'll, he'll, yeah. Duncan, what like he'll literally, our drummer will literally squirrel himself away into a corner of a dressing room. And he's got like these practice pads and he will like literally just be practicing on these practice pads up until about 20 seconds before he goes on stage wow. so that he is like, shot out of a cannon like he's totally like he takes it really seriously and like jody's the same way he has a whole like guitar rig he'll put in the dressing room he's yeah. got like his guitar and he'll, he'll just play blues riffs for like 20 wow. minutes and then like walk 20 feet over to the stage for the show <laughs> um and you know my, michael's the same way too like it's I, actually i've wanted to do a podcast just on michael's warm-ups because it's so funny <laughs> um, we'll have to get uh, him on next he'll, uh, <laughs> oh it's hilarious like he'll go to the back of the bus and just crank the stereo like at to the maximum volume known oh to gosh. mankind and sing along with it to warm up his voice wow and uh and then he's got the funniest he's got the funniest warm-up of of all of us and then there's me who's like a total slacker and doesn't do anything <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just sitting there watching everybody look like crazy people <laughs> i think that's hilarious you know i i mean it's it's great so like after the show then everyone's kind of relaxed and more like you know more cheering and, and, and pumped and things like that you know i i was doing a little bit of research to change gears a little bit about you you personally and one of the interesting hey. facts that I found is uh, magnetic. Like you got you co-directed that video. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, it was uh, that kind of came out of um, uh, COVID uh, time off, really. Like I've always dabbled in video stuff, and like if you come to our shows and you see all the content behind on the screens and all the graphics and all that stuff, like I design all that for every song, and I've done that for about the last eight or ten years. I also um, design for other artists, so like for example, if you were on Winter, if you saw Winter Jam this year, and Jeremy, I designed Jeremy Camp's show. Oh wow! And, uh, I was out, I was out on the Maverick City tour back in November, and designing their show. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of been my side business, like side hustle. Have to fun. keep your number on the um, on my back pocket, so when we're ready to design stuff for yeah. the festival, we'll give you a call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So anyway, so when COVID happened and touring was off, and like in Nashville, there's just so many production companies yeah. and you know people that were just sitting around on all their gear, and, and there was nothing going on at all. So long story short, uh, you might remember the band Super Chick from back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, 
Max, the founder of that band, he's one of my best friends and he is like, he's like a reclusive genius. And, and like, uh, he's like this very like seclusive Asian guy. He's like one of the smartest people I know, but like, um, it's hard to get him out of the house. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but he's just like, so we were talking and, you know, with magnetic being like the first single off the record, we really wanted to do something special. And it was like the only time in history where we would have access to all this gear Mm. and we would be able to like, just do something crazy and have the time. And we even had a little budget to pull it off. So it, it was like, I mean, literally three or four months of meetings and logistics and we owned all these led tiles Mm. and what we didn't own, we had access to tons more for like nothing because they were just sitting in warehouses. And so being a designer of that stuff, I'm like, let's do a music video. So (laughs) me and Max combined forces and uh, we rented like this really horrifying building in East Nashville, but it was like where they used to uh, like take boats and they could like lift them up. So if you see in the video, it's like an led box Mm -hmm. and we were able to like build this box of led that was about 60 feet deep and it could like, it was all on motors. So it could all just go everywhere. And we're like, man, that'd be cool. We could just change the box and it could just look like all this different stuff and we will be in there. And so one day, one of the co-directors came up to me. He's like, I had this idea. He's like, I think it'd be great if you guys were standing in two inches of water and the whole floor was reflecting <laughs> water. And like, you realize there's going to be like, like literally like 300,000 volts of electricity <laughs> directly over the water that we're going to be standing in for like three days. He's like, yeah, I know, but we'll just be safe. I'm like, so there was like literally there was like 240 volt power cords that were like hanging right <laughs> over this water and we're we're standing in water for like literally two straight days but yeah it was uh it was a lot of fun to make it was a ton of work yeah. but honestly i didn't mind because i had nothing else going on at the time so it was fun yeah ended I, up being nominated for awards and stuff so it was it was a lot of fun i i love the the creativeness that each of you on on the on the in in the group the creativeness that you guys have is just amazes me. I, I've, I think I went to one of the winter jams. Uh, was it last year that you guys were on or the year before? I can't remember. There's so many. Uh, of I think them. 20, 2019. We That's right. There, right yeah. before COVID. Yeah. I went to that with my first, mm-hmm. my first newsboy show was that. And I mean, oh, wow, cool. Yeah. It was so amazing. Uh, I actually, I, I walked by, uh, we partner with winter jam when they come to art, when they come here to Springfield to help promote our festival and I walked right by yeah. Michael Tate, and uh, it's just such a genuine guy. And it was just a quick, hey, how are you doing? But anyways, the creativeness of your show and the creativeness of, of like this that you just explained, I do have to ask the question, like, because I, I, I guess I didn't really realize that you guys did this, but the drummer. All right. We're going to, we're going to talk about the drummer. You know, we could talk all about him because he's not on the podcast. So it's free game. Right. (laughs) Awesome. So when did, when did the idea come about? Like, I think I'm going to drum and go and go up in the air and go round and round and round and round circles. I mean, I would, I would probably vomit all over my drum set. So like what, I, how did that come about? I'm just, I'm so intrigued by that. Cause I was, I was a drummer growing up as a little boy. I love the drums. It's just always been a fun thing. I'm never good enough to be on stage, but I don't mind pounding on the drums every now and then, but 
I don't think I could ever do it spinning around in circles. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, how did that idea come about? Well, um, honestly, it came about in the 90s because we would be booked at all these festivals and we were, you know, trying to make a name for ourselves, yeah. like try to come up with something that people would notice. And at the time, we definitely didn't have that in our songs. <laughs> like we, right. had, we had a great live show, but we had like no hits, no songs that people knew. Mm. And so we would go to all these festivals and we were opening for people like Michael W. Smith, Petra, mm. and White Hart, who were massive headliners at the mm. time, who had mm -hmm. huge catalogs of songs. And so we were playing in front of people, but we just didn't have the songs yet. It wasn't something we had figured out yet. And so we're like, let's, but what we can do is build some contraption that can spin our drummer upside down and people will, will remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was an eye opener so, for me. I, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the first incarnation of the, uh, of the spinning drum riser was kind of like homemade. We built it ourselves oh, just wow. with our own <laughs> hands. And it was so dangerous. Like it would get stuck and break and blah, blah, blah. It spilled. <laughs> It spilled so much hydraulic fluid on every church stage uh, in America. Oh no. it's like, it was, it was big trouble. So uh, in like 98, we had like a team of like hydraulic engineers convened in Nashville to wow. build the current um, thing. And it's pretty foolproof. Like it's, it, it's been with us for, oh gosh, 20, 25 years now. Wow. And the guy who designed it is—he's still alive. He's like an older guy. He'll—he'll he'll fly out to shows every now and then and like top up the oil. And he's all <laughs> proud of it. Like it's never failed. <laughs> wow! It—it it inspires me uh, as a promoter for like, what can I do creatively? Like, should should I raise our stage and spin it <laughs> when, you, when you do announcements? <laughs> when, when I do announcements, oh. I'll do them up in the air and spin around. <laughs> We'll need to have a talk about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well that we'll have to get that approved in the advancement process. Uh you know, fast forward uh to today. I mean, you you guys got still have a lot going. As a matter of fact, you guys have a new single, a new song coming out, uh He Lives. It's actually releasing Friday, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's it's a new song. I think we've kind of like entered that era of the music industry where like you know, it's kind of become where we we trying to release a steady stream of singles yeah. every you know a few weeks, a few months, and people, fans seem to really like that. So yeah, yeah, that one's one that we had finished up, and with Easter kind of just around the corner, it kind of seemed like the perfect fit. So yeah, yeah, so that's coming, and there's a lot more after that. You know, um, we're, we've got a lot of studio time booked here in April. So oh, nice. Yeah, there'll be a lot of stuff trickling out over the next few months for sure and then hopefully that'll all kind of congeal into an album later in the year yeah well and i'm reminded i'm looking at my notes and i'm actually reminded i actually saw you guys twice um and my whole mm. my whole seven year prom christian promoter career so to speak um <laughs> was the second time i saw you was when you guys were on the road with uh, Franklin Graham on the uh, was oh, it the Route okay. 66 thing and you came through Springfield yes. and I'm like oh yeah. the Newsboys are here and I'm looking at this like you, you're doing six shows again with them uh, the first week of May so what <laughs> that's awesome yeah it is cool um, 
yeah, we're actually we're doing six shows in May, and then we're going overseas with the Grams in and uh, to London, I believe, in August, and Germany in October. So, yeah, yeah, like that's a relationship that goes way back. Uh, you know, Tate and Billy Graham were actually great friends. Oh, wow. um, and Billy Billy Graham, you know, and Newsboys too. We we did a lot of the the the, the OG Billy Graham crusades in the in the nineties. And um, man, credit to Billy Graham because he he realized back in the late eighties and early nineties that that the model that he, that he was using for his crusades was dated you know and here he is it's like a 70 year old guy or whatever preacher billy yeah. graham of all people and he really wanted to integrate different forms of music and appeal to younger people and he loved billy graham loved dc talk like he didn't under, totally understand it but he, <laughs> he loved the idea of it and uh, and so he opened the door um for them to play and it really offended a lot of the older uh, Billy Graham people that would come to shows because like all of a sudden we've got like people dancing on stage and singing songs and all this stuff but um, like he saw he saw you know he, he got to know Tate and he was just that kind of a guy who who tried to look into people's hearts and see what was in there and like and even with Newsboys too during the times we did Billy Graham events back then and Funny story. I remember one, the last one of the last events that we did with Billy Graham with Newsboys. <laughs> he was extremely frail and mm. you know couldn't really walk and needed a lot of help to get on off the stage. But he did preach, and mm. so I'd, you know back then they would bring up all the artists on stage during the during the the message, and yeah. so you'd be up there, and then he would he would preach, and then he went back to sit down. And then, like, you know, all the counseling's going on, the people and the whole thing. Well, like, everyone leaves the stage, and they forget Billy Graham. And he's just, like, oh, sitting no. on the stage. <laughs> and, like, no, no one went back to get him. And I remember he was just sitting there. So I walked over and just sat down next to him on the stage and <laughs> talked to him for, like, four or five minutes before wow. they realized they had forgotten him. Oh and he Poor Billy, couldn't man. have been a nicer guy. He he, uh, he invited us out to his, uh, his home out in North Carolina and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, long story short, um, so there's a, there's a long relationship there with, with Franklin as well. And so, um, yeah, that, that continues to this day. So we're doing, uh, doing quite a, quite a few events with them and, and uh, Samaritan's purse and, and that whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's weird, you know, because I feel like, you know, Franklin gets a bad rap, but if you really got to know him and yeah. the way he serves people, he's, he's the real deal. He doesn't, just say it he 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 puts his 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 you know for lack of a better phrase the money where his mouth is right, you know right. what I mean? yeah well we're super excited jeff we're thank you so much i mean wow the time is flying on this podcast normally we try to do them 30 minutes and well we're over that so <laughs> but it's been great <laughs> hey, uh, no you know we're for us and for me personally i, I cannot wait for this summer, we're right as of right now. We've got two shows with you. Uh, you're headlining for us in Olive Branch, which um, Olive Branch, Mississippi, on um, the the festival dates is June 16th, 17th. You're headlining the 16th date, is that right? Yeah. And then um, and then the following month, you're with us in my hometown, 
uh, Ozark, Missouri, Springfield, Missouri, uh, headlining that with us, uh, along with Matthew West. Um, you know, obviously, so many people have seen your show. They love it. They come back for it. You've never played our festival. I'm excited to have you guys not only once, but twice. And hopefully, I know we're talking with management right now and trying to work out your schedule. We're, we've got three other festivals that we're working on trying to get you guys on too as well and trying to get it all worked out. So I, we're going to build a Love relationship. It. We're, we're going to be besties. Like you don't know it yet, but we're going to be besties. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. That sounds great. It's, it's always great. Like, you know, we're talking about working and doing mm-hmm. stuff and it's, I know it's refreshing for us as a band when we find promoters with the same kind of passion that we have. So yeah. it sounds like a, a great fit, man. It sounds awesome. Yeah. I hope you guys, I hope we treat you guys well and, and, and our team. I know we love serving and I hope you have a great experience at our festivals. I, I know you've been to many of them. You've seen probably everything that you can think of. I, I mean, I always try to think <laughs> that our festival is a little bit different than most, but uh, you know, we, awesome. I mean, our, we have our big prayer teams right next, our prayer tents right next to the stage. We have the big old swimming pool right next to the stage where we do on the spot baptisms all day long, all through the night. Um, awesome. Got the gospel presentation being presented both nights right before the headliner. So that's the prime time. Everyone is there and, and just seeing the, the overflow of all the people that come to the prayer tents and come forward after that gospel presentation that late at the night, it's just, remarkable and and then to you know our theme we uh, the lord gives us a gives me a theme every year for our festival all right so when you take this back to the guys Mm -hmm. of the group you can let them know all right light the way here's their theme right and this year's theme which kind of i was thinking man celebrate i just felt in my spirit we want to celebrate have celebration Mm -hmm. well another word for celebrate is jubilee which also nice is our seventh year year of jubilee so nice. that's our theme this year, Jubilee. So we're going to have fun. We can't wait for you guys to have us on our stage. For the folks who are new believers and don't know who the Newsboys are and want to find out more information, where can they go to find you? Yeah, you can probably just start at our website, newsboys.com. And I think there's at least there used to be like a little history section in there too. But yeah, from there, it's a big old rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of stuff to learn. That's right. Yeah, just Google it, and you'll have pages yeah. and pages and pages of the news boys. Yeah. You'll know stuff I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Jeff, again, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Again, we cannot wait to see you this summer and uh, at all of our, hopefully all of our festivals, or pretty much all of our festivals, and, and maybe in the future shows, too. I don't know, but we'll uh, yeah. we'll have to see it. But again... Uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, tell the guys, tell Mike, all of them that we love them, and, and we just love the heart uh, of what the band's got, what you guys represent, and we just can't wait to um, combine your ministry with our ministry and then see what God can do from it. Awesome, man. We love it, and uh, all the best to you guys as you prepare. We look forward to seeing you. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, and if you want to find out more information of Light the Way Ministry, all you need to do is go to lightthewayministry.com, and it's all there. Thanks for hanging out with us. Be sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and our website, lightthewayministry.com. So together, we can take church outside the walls.